Dear fellow redeemed, which is easier to do, to hate or to love? Think about it for a moment. Is it easier to have a thought of criticism or a thought of compliment? Is it easier to complain or to commend? Is it easier to take or to give? Love, when we think about it, it's not just a feeling. It can take some work. Love is a doing word, especially when we think about the one common word for love in Greek, agape, that sacrificial love. Love means doing, and doing the right thing by the other person. Now, we, we may not really think about this or realize it, but love is very closely associated with requirements, rules, laws. Think about the Ten Commandments. Don't we often say that the Ten Commandments are about how we show, first of all, love for God, the first table of the law, and then love toward our neighbor, second table of the law? We're talking about the commandments there. So think about the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. When a child does that, isn't the overarching principle there showing love toward their parent when they honor them, obey them, serve them, and esteem them, they're showing love. Our word for today is love, but in a special sense. The Apostle Paul, we're in Romans chapter 13, and here he begins to explain the difference between the two kingdoms, the kingdom of the state or the government and the kingdom of the church. And he talks about how we are to conduct ourselves in those two kingdoms as Christian citizens. And we see that the overarching principle is love. So we continue the Christian faith one word at a time, the word is love. We are in Romans chapter 13. We read verses 1 through 10. I invite you to stand for the reading of this lesson. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for no authority exists except by God, and the authorities that do exist have been established by God. Therefore, the one who rebels against the authority is opposing God's institution. And those who oppose will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to evil. Would you like to have no fear of the one in authority? Do what is good, and you will receive praise from him, because he is God's servant for your benefit. But if you do wrong, be afraid because he does not carry the sword without reason. He is God's servant, a punisher to bring wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit, 
not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. For this reason, you also pay taxes, because the authorities are God's ministers who are employed to do this very thing. Pay what you owe to all of them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. And honor to whom honor is owed. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and if there is any other commandment, are summed up in this statement, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, so love is the fulfillment of the law. Dear Lord, these are your words, and therefore they are the truth. We ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. Often when God wants to emphasize something in Scripture, he will repeat it. In the first two verses of Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul repeats three times that God has established the governing authorities. There is no way to misunderstand this. Christians are to obey and respect the existing powers. We are to give them honor and respect. We are to pay the taxes that are due, and so on. Imagine a large umbrella, larger than one of those big umbrellas that you might put on your patio. And underneath that umbrella are all of God's laws and requirements, including the Ten Commandments there under that big umbrella, all of the uh, requirements and all of the um, precepts and so on that God lays out for us, especially for the New Testament church and the New Testament, all under this one large umbrella. We are to obey those laws. Now I want you to imagine a smaller umbrella, like one you might hold yourself, a personal umbrella. And that umbrella, that smaller one, represents the laws of the particular government that that Christian citizen is a part of, of that land. Those laws, what Paul is telling us here, is those laws from that government fall under the bigger umbrella of God's law. He wants us to obey those laws of the land. For example, you can look through Scripture from Genesis to Revelation and you will not see written in Scripture that it says that the legal age for drinking alcohol is 21. And yet, God wants us as Christian citizens to obey that law, not because it's in Scripture, but because it falls under our governing authority and we are to obey it. 
Likewise, there might be Christian citizens living in other lands where the law is slightly different and they are to obey whatever their particular small umbrella's law with regard to their government is. And that's part of God's law. God has established the authorities. The authorities are servants of God and we should honor them and respect them as such. In the Old Testament, perhaps you remember the account where David was being pursued by King Saul. King Saul had this evil jealousy of David and wanted to kill him and was in fact pursuing David with his army. And David actually came across Saul and his army on one occasion when they were in a valley and they had fallen into a deep sleep, the entire army. And David went down into that valley with his servant. And there they stood right beside King Saul, asleep in front of them, his big huge spear right by his head. And the servant said to David, now's your chance, why don't we kill him? You remember David's words there? He said, how could anyone put their hand against the Lord's anointed and not be with guilt? In other words, I respect God's appointed servant and I am not taking this into my own hands. That's up to the Lord. David respected Saul's office, even though Saul was being evil at the time, had evil intent. And so too we should respect the office that God has established of government. We should respect those offices, those in power over us. Now this year, of course, is an election year in our country and we see a lot of sinning against this command, especially with regard to the Eighth Commandment. A lot of citizens are slandering, they're gossiping, they're putting the worst construction on those who are in political office or seeking political office, and that is sinning against the law. We as Christian citizens should have no part in twisting a politician's words or participating, and it doesn't matter which side of the political aisle you're on, we want to be very careful as Christian citizens in this kingdom. In fact, what we should be doing is we should be praying for those in political office. We should be praying fervently for them. We should be praying, for example, and hear me out here, if President Trump is re-elected as president, pray for him doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. If Joe Biden gets elected as president, pray for him. They need your prayers. There has never been a president who is without sin, just as there has never been a human being that has been without sin besides our Lord himself. And so... Presidents need your prayers. We respect and we honor the office and we pray for them. And thinking especially of that prayer of the church which talks about the Holy Spirit fitting that person for their high office with the Spirit's wisdom and knowledge. What a good prayer to pray. If we don't like 
what the government is doing, we use the established political process, we can cast our vote to change things. But we don't rebel. Now, there are times when the governing authorities will step outside of the boundaries of God's large umbrella of the law. They make laws which go against God's law. So in a way, you've got God's large umbrella of law and then this governing authority, part of their umbrella goes outside of God's canopy of his larger umbrella. Example of that is a government that tells its citizens that they can only have so many children and they must abort any other children. Well, that would be directly going against God's law, the fifth commandment. And so we obey And we're actually not disobeying God there, we're obeying the higher authority. Just as if your manager tells you to do something and then the CEO of the company comes and tells you not to do it, you listen to the higher authority and you obey the CEO, right? We obey the higher authority, the Lord and his rules. Just as the apostles did, Peter, in Acts chapter 5, before the Sanhedrin, they told them to stop preaching about Jesus and his resurrection that he was the Savior. They said, stop it. They said, we must obey God rather than men. We think about Daniel in the Old Testament. King Darius made a decree that everyone had to worship him and no other gods, basically claiming himself to be a god. Daniel refused. He continued on with his daily prayers towards the Lord. He was thrown into the lion's den because of it. But he obeyed God, and God protected him in that case. How blessed we are in this country where God has given us a government that protects our freedom of worship, our freedom of religion, We can worship God freely. And we are free to proclaim the gospel of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection for salvation. We can proclaim that to others freely. What a tremendous blessing. We don't want to overlook that. The authorities have been established by God. Now, the Apostle Paul goes on in our lesson. He explains... Further, he says, for the commandments, and he goes through and he lists the commandments, a note there from the second table of the law, how we love our neighbor. The commandments are summed up in this statement, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, so love is the fulfillment of the law. In a way, when we honor our government and obey the laws of the land out of love, we are actually loving our neighbor. We're benefiting our neighbor. Think about the commandment, do not steal. Seventh commandment, you shall not steal. Most governments will have laws established against things like burglary or theft. There will be punishment for those things. And so when you and I as Christian citizens, when we keep those laws, when we don't burglarize or steal from another citizen, we are also keeping the seventh commandment, and we're benefiting our neighbor. 
Now, God's command, as we see here, goes even further, though, doesn't it? It goes beyond that. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. So it's also how I would want to be treated. That's how I should treat my neighbor, out of love. And God talks about helping your neighbor, not just not stealing from them, but helping them in what they do, in their pursuits, and so on. It goes beyond that law. And when we consider that, we see that we've failed in this law of love. I've been a lawbreaker. I've broken that law. I've failed. I'm a criminal before God. Sometimes, if we break the law of the land, and all of us have done that, it's possible for us to evade the punishment of the land. For example, many of us here have probably broken the speed limit as we're driving. And yet, whenever you do that, you don't always get a speeding ticket. Sometimes you do when the authorities catch you speeding. But there are many times when we can evade that punishment. But there is no evading the punishment of the Lord under the larger umbrella. God knows your heart, he understands your mind, he sees your thoughts, he sees all of your actions. There's no evading God's punishment. He even knows the very motives for your thoughts and your actions. And God says that he has to punish sin. But God works for our good. Paul had stated that in Romans chapter 8. God establishes the governing authorities for our good as we live our lives in this land. But the governing authorities can't do anything about the wretchedness of our soul. And so this is where God's love went above and beyond. In His grace, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, with the plan of salvation. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, He explained this plan. He said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. Jesus was explaining there that he did not come in order to abolish the law so there were no more laws. No, the law is good. What he came to do was to fulfill that law, to accomplish it like you and I have failed to do. He came on our behalf to do that. Jesus, he was obedient and he showed the due respect that he needed to show. Jesus paid honor where honor was due. Think about it. Even when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter drew out his sword to fight. And Jesus said, hey, don't you know I could call on my Father and he would send 12 legions of angels? Jesus had the power to resist that authority. And yet he didn't. He submitted to that authority. He allowed himself to be arrested. And then he also was respectful to Pontius Pilate, to Herod, to the chief priests. He submitted to them. And he allowed himself to be crucified. 
Jesus fulfilled every aspect of the command to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He was perfectly obedient to the law. He fulfilled the law. Every requirement of the commandments, every requirement that was needed. He even obeyed his heavenly Father who told him that he needed to take the punishment that you and I deserved. He obeyed that command. And Jesus' love fulfills the law. Jesus went to the cross out of love for you and for me. There he shed his blood. He washed away all of your failures, all of my failures, all of our guilt. He took the punishment that we deserved. And then he rose again from the dead, showing that eternal life is now for you and for me and for everyone who looks to Jesus as their Savior. So, which is easier, to hate or to love? Jesus chose the far more difficult option. And how thankful you and I are. Jesus' resurrection, in that resurrection, God has declared you and me and all believers righteous, having fulfilled the law with Christ's righteousness, and you have his forgiveness. You have eternal life. Now, let's reflect that love to others, our neighbor, the state, all who need our respect and honor. Amen.